Welcome to the Popcorn Wine Down with Tammy and Eddie. Grab your popcorn, get yourself a glass of wine, and come hang out with us as we discuss TV shows, movies, music, and pop culture. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Popcorn Wine Down. I'm Eddie. And I'm Tammy. Thank you for joining us. This week we will be discussing Hannah, but first let's get to the wine down. Tammy, uh, this week we had to say goodbye to a real life guitar hero and Eddie Van Halen. Um, he lost his battle with cancer. So um, may he rest in peace and power. And I must admit, I was really disappointed when I discovered that you did not know who Eddie Van Halen was. And my question would be, why? <laughs> Like, but when you played the song that they were famous for, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, granted, the embarrassing thing is, is that I recognize the song because it was on the show Glee that I religiously watched every single week. But at least I recognize the song. And in that, you were the stereotypical uh, millennial. Yes, it, it, it was sad. But... Um, <laughs> I must admit, I, I knew who Van Halen was. I know that he co-founded the Van, Van Halen, um, and I knew the song Jump. I'm not a big Van Halen fan. I just know them through my love of 80s music. But um, I did not know that he played the guitar solo on Michael Jackson's Beat It. And I also didn't realize just how truly iconic he was in the musical world. So, um, but may he rest in peace, as I stated, his family and his friends have our sympathies as well as his fans. Speaking of music, um, SNL dropped their musical guest for this week, Morgan, um, Morgan Whalen, because he was out partying, I guess, in New York, uh, and he violated the, uh, the Rona, the Rona uh, protocols. Uh, Bye bye. He, <laughs> he was partying in Mascus, so yeah, they got Jack White to replace him. I um, know who the dude was anyway, so it's all right. We ain't hurt. He's a country artist, and he has a really good song with Diplo called "Heartless," and I like that song. And I've listened to um, some of his other stuff, and I actually like them. But that was kind uh, of people who don't listen to music on a regular basis don't know who he is, so uh, we not hurt. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> and. Speaking of SNL, we, fingers crossed, we get some good Maya Rudolph as Kamala Harris this week, because, you know... Uh, you could have vice- had a bad bitch. <laughs> <laughs> America, we could still have a bad bitch. Please, please vote. <laughs> um, you know, she might be the second, but she'll still be a badass vice president, better than the one we have now. Anyway, um... The vice presidential debate was this past week, so you know they're going to have to talk about that on SNL, and I can't wait to see what they do with that. Um, also, speaking of debates, uh, Rona has played the role of spoiler all year, and something unexpected happens. So I guess now it's playing the role of the anti-hero, meaning every now and then it's something, I guess, positive comes out of it, but um, because of Rona, we've been spared the shit show sequel known as the presidential debates. The second one was officially canceled, and I know you were so disappointed about that. I'm heartbroken. I, I, I sensed it. Like, I'm heartbroken. I, I I don't know what we're gonna do or how we're going to fill that time, but... I just don't um, know. Yeah. So, 
maybe we could go for a trifecta and the third one might be canceled too we'll see but you know um, that'll break my heart even more yeah I, I don't know if I could survive another episode of the shit show um <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I, I, I can say maybe a fly or a whole farm of flies would fly around. I don't know. Let me stop. Okay. Um, vote. <laughs> just vote. <laughs> just vote. Um, two of my favorite sh- uh, things are turning 20 this year. Two of my favorite shows. One is a movie, one's a TV show. The Gilmore Girls, believe it or not, is turning 20. And I must say, I've seen every single episode of The Gilmore Girls at least twice. So um, I that is one of my guilty pleasures. I love that show. Oh, and so you're a true fan. Yeah, I I, it, it, I am, you know, and I know it's Lily White and all that, but it, it just, in a lot of ways, it kind of reminded me of my relationship with my mom. I always said we were the black version of the Gilmore Girls. So, um, but yeah, the revival is going to be on CW on the 20th. Um, I'm sorry, during Thanksgiving, the week of Thanksgiving, they're going to show the four episode revival which is hard to believe that was what, like four or five years ago now? Yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah, so um, to watch that. And I must say, I am uh, Team Dean and Team Logan, although Logan was an ass, but I did like him. So, uh, and one of our favorites, remember the Titans turns 20 this month as well. Wait, wait, wait. Hold up, hold up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My mind, my mind just clicked on what you just said. Did you just say that you were Team Dean and Team Logan? Wait a minute. You're just now catching that? Yeah, that, that just like, I was like, no, 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 no. Whoa, he didn't say that. He didn't say that. Click, 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 click. Wait, wait. Okay, hold up, hold up. Is so we're doing a reverse. Correctly? Did I hear that correctly? So we're doing a reverse segue. <laughs> Yes, you did hear that correctly. I, 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 I'll be honest and say that now I'm questioning this podcast that we currently have going on because I just <laughs> don't know. I don't know if we can continue on after that confession that you just had. I just, I don't know. I don't know, Eddie. I don't know. <laughs> and I'm, that's usually my role. I'm usually the one that says that. Yeah. Exactly. I'm, I'm so you reverse, reverse. Okay. <laughs> well, we, this is 2020, also known as the year of the upside down. So anything's possible. Woo. <laughs> You gotta talk about that another time. Yeah, I know you were Team Jess, so but of course. Yeah, so anything we, else? Well, we might have to do a bonus episode or something about the Gilmore Girls after the revival uh-huh. and just truly, truly break it down. Um, but one of our true favorites, remember the Titans, something we can both agree on, turns twenty this year as well. Yes, and, oh, I love that movie. <laughs> The running joke in our friend circle is that remember the Titans is the cure all for life. Like you quote- <laughs> there is so many life lessons within just the lines alone. You can just learn so much. <laughs> yeah, so we walk around and we quote remember the Titans is like you've had a shit day and we'll just we'll just we'll just uh, spout out a line from the movie I know I just be randomly be like, You're killing me, Petey! You're killing You're me. Killing me. I do. And when I told my mom that, I'm like, one of my favorites has turned 20 this year. And she goes, and I said, it's, it's my one of my all-time favorite. It's not just one of my all-time favorite sports movies. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. Mm-hmm. And I watch it all the time. And so she's like, 
remember the Titans. And I'm like, yeah, how did you know? And she goes, because when you said all time favorite movies, I knew it was on that list. And um, it still remains very relevant to this day. Very relevant. It's based on the true story. But, um, you know, they say sports is the great uniter. And yeah, you just see how um, that team rallied around football and they learned their life lessons from Coach Boone and so if you haven't seen Remember the Titans, please get from up under your rock and watch it. It is a great movie to watch anytime. You should and smack yourself across the face first. <laughs> you definitely should. I'm break my my foot off of your John Brown time parts. Because <laughs> you should have seen that. <laughs> you should have seen it at least once by now. At least once. <laughs> at least once. So um, we'll probably do that on as a quick pop on the website, thepopcornwindown.com. Plug, 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 plug. <laughs> as you see, we're still working on those sound effects, but we're going to get them right. Um, and also this week, um, it was announced. I, you know, I kind of just want to get these two out of the way, but it bears repeating. Um, I'm excited on this one part that they did officially charge Tory Lanez with assault um, for the shooting uh, for shooting Megan Thee Stallion in her feet. Thank um, God. Yeah, and he he's going to be arraigned on the 13th of October, and um, if he's convicted, he can spend he might he faces up to 23 years in prison. So um, we'll I keep doubt he's going to get it, but just the fact of saying that you've been charged. Um, yeah. said something you know it's, it, it, it gives a good feeling to know that you're going to be held accountable in some way shape or form exactly and um i was wondering you know what was going to happen with that but um i i'm not crying any tears over it and nope i i you know i even if he's convicted i wouldn't cry and shed any tears over it so i'm with you i don't know that he would be convicted but um he is facing felony assault charges and some weapons charges as well so um in this case it's, it's the case of you reap what you sow and and I, I i have no sympathies for that for him or him in that situation whatsoever um and also in um the no sympathies category Melissa Benowitz, I cannot pronounce her last name correctly, but she played Supergirl. She was on Glee. Um, last year, she spoke out about how she had been involved in an in abusive uh, relationship. And most people assumed she never named any names. Um, she didn't really specify which relationship, but most people assumed she was talking about her ex-husband and former close, Glee co-star Blake Jenner. Um, so this weekend, uh, Blake Jenner admitted that he was the one she was referring to, and he took responsibility, um, you know, and he did apologize for And what then happened. blamed her. And then blamed her. So it was, it was the Kanye of all apologies. It was that, I'm going to let you finish, but. So it was, I'm sorry, but, you know, um, and it was just a trash apology. It was a, it was the. It was a very eloquently written non-apology, you know, um, and just reading it, I'm like, really? And I, as I was going through all the headlines, they were just saying, oh, he takes responsibility. He apologizes. And I'm like, that's what you got out of that. So did y'all stop reading after the first paragraph? <laughs> <laughs> um And then it, it was like, well, if you're going to do that, why are you waiting you know, he says all this stuff about, oh, I'm not trying to have it be a he say, she say, I don't want to drag her into this. But 
you bring up all this crap a year after the fact. Like after she made that statement, she said what she said um, in the context in which she said it. And she's never said anything else about it. She just had a baby with her new husband. She's moving on with her life. And it's like, you wait a year later after like a couple of weeks after she's had her kid to bring this all up again. Probably because he ain't got no career. Well, you know, so um, we will we'll see. But yeah. So moving on in our other regular weekly section, um, updates and uh, production updates and delays in castings. Uh, there's a lot. Batman and Jurassic World have both been pushed back to 2022. I think we talked last week about how Batman had restarted production, um, but it was going to be pushed back a little bit further into 2021. Now they're just pushing it back all the way into 2022. Um, Jurassic World was pushed back to 2022, but then they announced that someone on set had tested positive for the Rona, so they had to shut down production altogether. And Dune, I know you're really, really excited about Dune, Tammy. It's coming out in 2021. Um, it's been pushed back to like Christmas 2021. Yes, do you, do you hear my excitement? I, I hear it. I, hear I it. love Zendaya, though. That's my girl. That's my girl. <laughs> I don't know about the rest of them, but I love Zendaya, so I'll watch it just for her. Oh, okay. So maybe, I know this is far off, you know, but maybe we can get a Dune, a Dune episode. I'm excited about that. I might add that to my try to convince Tammy list. I like that you put it in the try to convince Tammy list. (laughs) That's that's the list it it belongs in. (laughs) I know you will. To my ever growing try to convince Tammy list. I think that's longer than the episode list. But... (laughs) (laughs) Um, also I'm excited about this one movie and I don't One Night in Miami Regina King's uh, directorial debut and it's about um, the night that Muhammad Ali fought uh, Sonny Liston in in Miami and it's about but the night is fictional what happens after it's Malcolm X Muhammad Ali um, gosh I can't remember everyone who was involved I want to say it was Sam Cooke but it's just about how they spend the night after uh, the fight. And I, I can't wait to watch it. Um, it's getting critical reviews. It's already um, on top of the Oscar contenders list. And it's being released on Christmas Day. As well as um, Carrie, excuse me, Promising Young Woman starring Carrie Mulligan also being released on 2020. And I hadn't heard of that one until you told me about it. So, um, But it sounds very interesting and I'm looking forward to that. And um, Regal theaters are closing down. Uh, they've announced that they're going to shut down their theaters again. And AMC and Cinemark have decided to remain open. So uh, we will see. And all the theaters in Toronto, Ontario, Canada are closing again because of spikes in COVID. Which is the responsible and thing to do. It is the very responsible thing to do. Um, on one hand, I get it. The employees, you know, they, they need to work and make money. But are you really making any money because no one's going to the movies? And all these delays are because of the tenant debacle. So everything that's being pushed back. And again, I, I want to say it's also because of the Mulan, Mulan debacle. Because I'm not paying $30 to watch another movie. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Mulan, Mulan was my... Milan was my test case, and that was the wrong one. So 
Um, speaking of that, though, Disney and Pixar have decided to re- release their animated uh, movie Soul. It was supposed to it was supposed to be released originally in June, and then it was pushed back to November. They're going to release it on Christmas Day on Disney Plus, but it's going to be free. So hear that free, 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 free. Um, <laughs> if you're a Disney Plus subscriber, you don't have to pay extra to watch that. And it looked really good. I was really excited about it. You know, I don't geek out about animated films that much, but I do want to see Soul. Um, And I know you're excited about the Selena series. Yes! Oh my gosh, yes. (laughs) That's going on the list. I already said it's going on the list. We are doing a Selena episode, definitely. (laughs) All right. That might be one of our first episodes of the new year, but that's going to premiere December 4th. And I'm really excited about that um, as well. So um, keep a lookout. It's going to be on Netflix this December 4th. You can also catch the trailer for the teaser trailer for the Selena series on the website, thepopcornwinedale.com. Plug, 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 plug. Plug. <laughs> and this is interesting, okay? Um, Marvel has announced that Doctor Strange is going to be in Spider-Man 3. And they kind of shifted the order of the releases. Um, Spider-Man 3 was originally supposed to come out before Doctor Strange 2. But Doctor Strange 2 is now coming out before Spider-Man 3. And they're all connected to all those series like Falcon um, and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision that are going to be on Disney+. And WandaVision is supposed to be premiering sometime later this year um, on Disney+. And what happens in WandaVision, so if you're a fan, you have to watch WandaVision because that storyline is going to carry over into Doctor Strange 2. And I'm excited. I'm geeking out. I think Doctor Strange is going to kind of uh, fill in as Peter Parker's mentor and pick up uh, where Iron Man left off as his new mentor. So that would be interesting to see. That's what they say is supposed to happen, that he's supposed to take over for Iron Man. Yeah. You can't fill Iron Man's shoes, make you rest. But, um, yes, I just held a moment of silence for Iron Man. I felt the eye roll. <laughs> and no, I know... No, I, no, no. I, I was with you on that one. Like, Oh, okay. It's Iron Man. Like, Oh, okay. Because normally I do that and, and she'll go silent on me and I'll feel the eye roll. Touche. You know you know me so well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and when she totally disagrees, she's going to say, you do you, boo. Like, I don't know what the hell. But <laughs> I'm just raising y'all up in the world. <laughs> so when I'm you just, hear those I'm things, just supporting from the background. I'm supporting from the background. <laughs> Okay, and now for this week in the K-pop, what's going on in the K-pop world? <laughs> so as always, because we know that I am the K-pop ultimate fan right here. Um, so just two major things. First of all, we did talk about last week how Blackpink came out with their first full-length album, horribly named The Album. Um, and- Check out the quick pop. Huh? The popcorn went down. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, they came out with a music video for one of the songs that I actually really liked, Lovesick Girls. Um, but uh, there was a very uh, sexually explicit nurse outfit scene in the music video. Um, there were people 
who made a big thing. They were like, it's just not right. They felt that it shouldn't have been in the music video, especially with what's going on in today's world. And so YG Entertainment decided to replace the scene of the video. I have not watched the music video yet to see how it is because they just done it. But they did say that they completely deleted the nurse scene from the music video. So that was one thing. Um, and then, of course, because how can we get away with an episode without talking about them? BTS. Um, the military has officially come out and said that BTS will not be exempted from military service. They will have to serve. And the oldest member, Jin, turns 28 on December 4th of this year. And he has to serve his Yasin list within two years. So by the time he is 30, he must enlist He must enlist in the military. So that is some K-pop news for everybody. Aw, well, you know, I... I'm not surprised that they're not exempt. So the, that doesn't um, that doesn't surprise me. I just hope they find a way to get them all in and out as quick as possible without really disrupting, you know. Um, well, they got another two years to think about it. <laughs> they do. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm sure they'll come. They're a creative group. Their team seems to be pretty creative. I'm sure they will find a way to. And now at least that you know that this is what it's going to be, at least you can figure out a plan, you know. Um, to make to make that happen so that was the wind down and we are about to get into our main discussion of the week Hannah stay tuned Discussing Hannah on Amazon Prime. Um, it's an adaptation of the 2011 film of the same name, uh, which is about a girl who was raised in the forest by her father. Um, little did she know that they were on the run from the CIA this whole that whole time. And the TV series pretty much picks up at that point. And um, one of the best descriptions I read about the TV series was kind of like that is a mix of an action thriller and a coming of age teenage drama. Um, and I think that summed it up beautifully. With, I a agree. Bit of, with a little bit of everything in between. Um, it's perfectly cast that the, the leading role of Hannah is played by Esme Creed Miles. And Marissa, um, she is played by one of my favorite actresses, uh, Muriel Enos. And one of my favorite actors plays Eric, um, the father, and that's Joel Kinnaman. So um, what did you think about Hannah? Um, I loved it. Um, I loved the first season. I was entertained by the first season. I actually got my mom into it after I watched the first season. I told her, yo, you gotta watch Hannah. And she was like, eh, I don't know. And she sat down and she was like, oh, I watched the whole thing at once. And I said, I told you. Um, So I did enjoy, I did enjoy the second season as well. I did. Yeah, I I loved the first season. I was really excited because when I watched the movie, I had always wanted there to be a sequel. And just because of the way it ended, and I thought, oh, this would be really great as a sequel or as a TV series. And so when I heard Amazon was adapting it, um, I was surprised, but I was happy. And when I actually watched it, I was blown away. I loved it. The first season was amazing. 
The second season was uh, pretty good too. I really enjoyed it. And the second season, they had also one of my favorite actors and that was Domar uh, Maroney. Uh, he comes in and he plays the head guy. And um, I, I love the growth. We talked about how it was a coming of age drama. And it's really kind of, it, it, it's neat to watch Hannah figure out the ways of the world, especially when her home is the force. Like that is the place where she where she feels the most comfortable. And the first season kind of is a complete uh, 360. It begins with her in the force and she has this thing about how she wants to get out and see what else is out in the world. And when she does that, all she wants to do by the end of the first season is return go home <laughs> and go back to the forest. And she's so happy there. And she makes a friend, um, Clara, uh, and she takes Clara to the forest. And Clara, it, it, it's kind of like they almost switch roles. Hannah, in a sense, becomes the parent, even though she and Clara are the same age. And Clara was at the same, I don't even want to call it, what would you call it? It's not a clinic. Would you call it a clinic? Oh, for uh, the, uh, where they were? I, yeah. I it, was, it was a training center. Okay. The same training center slash cult for teenage assassins. Yep. <laughs> Perfect. Teenage assassins. <laughs> and, um, and, and all, and all Claire wants to do is discover where she came from. She wants to know her mom, um, and the brainwashing that they do on these teenage assassins, it really didn't take with Claire, but, um, so she ends up leaving the force and Hannah basically goes to try to get her to come back. And but I think it's, I, I kind of um, put it on Hannah as well. Cause one thing that I saw was that she's very matter of fact. And so of course, even as she was being trained by her father in the forest, he didn't really teach her anything about human emotion. So a lot of times she, she really didn't understand the feelings that Clara had on like even though she went through it when she was in the forest the first time and that's the reason why they ended up having to leave the forest because she gets caught herself um i feel that she ends up like you said becoming just like her dad so a little close-minded to human emotions and she's just like well this is how it needs to be i'm trying to keep you alive so you need to follow everything that i say not taking into account that this was her first time in the world just like when you had your first time in the world and you were rolling around in a um, station wagon with a family you barely knew, okay, in the first season, you have to understand that she also needed that. And it, it takes her a minute to really, really figure it out. And I love her development at the end when she does come to realize um, what she knew she needed in the first season is now what Clara needs in the second season. And she does give her that opportunity. But... Um, in the moments where she ends up running away in the forest, I'm like, that's on you. That was on Hannah. Hannah did that to herself. <laughs> yeah, I and I think, and I think, like I said, that she does end up kind of becoming her dad um, in the sense that she realized, she finally understood why he did everything he did and ultimately it was to protect her. So I think she took on that role of, I just want to protect you. I just want to keep you safe. And you know, when, when our parents or someone older tells us that we're like, we think we're invincible and we don't think the bad things are out there, especially when they don't know the whole story. And Hannah didn't know the whole story. You know, she never knew that they were on the run um, living in a forest. That was just where she lived. And 
you know, she knew some bad people might be coming for her one day, but she also knew that she could take care of herself, which I love just how badass she is. Like she, she's scary, but she's, and she's good. Um, <laughs> she is good. <laughs> she's good. She's scary. And she's, and that's the thing. Like we, we think because she didn't have formal education that she's not smart, but she is so smart. Like she, she's, she's really smart. Um, one of the relationships that I love and I'm still trying to figure it out and I have my own theory on this relationship is the relationship between her and Marissa. And it started in the first season where Marissa was the CI agent in charge of hunting down her and her dad. And for the program, think of it as like a Jason Bourne type program that had been shut down. And that's what they thought happened. Hannah was the first quote unquote test um, one of the tests in the, in this where they wanted to raise these little girls to be assassins from birth. Um, and so, but Hannah and her, Hannah's dad took her. And um, as it turns out, he wasn't actually her real father, right? No, he, he wasn't. He was um, the bodyguard for his, her mom. Her mom. And he the actually one who pre- was supposed to protect her mom while she was pregnant with her. And, she, and he fell in love with her mother. And yeah. they ended up um, but here's the thing. I do not think that that is Hannah's real mom. I have a feeling that Marissa is Hannah's mom. That is my conspiracy theory. Okay. Um, I think that's, see, and you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it comes up, but I do think that it's a little bit too obvious on like, I feel like that's what they want you to think. Um, cause that's the vibe that you get in certain scenes on how protective she is of Hannah. Um, But what I think it is, is that she sees herself in Hannah. Um, And seeing herself in Hannah, it's kind of like she's just developed that absolute bond uh, with Hannah. And I also feel that part of it is because even though she was tracking down Eric, who was Hannah's dad, she still she understood him and I think they had a bond as well and it just kind of transferred over to Hannah with him saying you know you got to protect her well I think well her and Eric they had a relationship at one point it doesn't really talk about it much or allude to it but back in the day when they were both spies and worked for the CIA they actually were in a relationship and I mean there are moments when I wouldn't be surprised if it wouldn't shock me if Hannah is not Marissa's daughter, but somehow, some way, I really do think that that is her daughter. Just how protected from her, even in last season when she had every opportunity to kill her and you know that she wanted to, and that was her directive, she did not. And um, and and this season, she went out of her way to protect her. And I know it's not just because she felt bad about what happened to her father, everything that she put them through. Um, and it, it it the way it alludes to her why she doesn't have children or that she can't have children or so I think it's something there. So I wouldn't be surprised if she maybe been one of the women who was in the program or something like that. So maybe I, they I really, implanted her eggs. Yeah, into the woman who ended up carrying Hannah. Hannah, yeah. So that's what I'm thinking. I know that Hannah's mother is the one who gave birth to her, but I don't know that that's her biological mother. So that's just my spy game conspiracy theory for 
uh, this show. What did you think about the addition of Domar Moroni to the cast? And he, may I just say before we get there, he is aging beautifully. <laughs> that man is so handsome. Okay. Um, um, he's wise. He has that wise look. Um, I, I liked him. I think that he was a really, really good villain on how, um, how monotone he was but also he was good like he wasn't as good as Melissa is but um oh Marissa is it Marissa yeah and he wasn't as good as Marissa is sorry um but I do I I did like him as the foil in the storyline this season I think he did a really really good job but even more than him I loved Uncle Leo I thought Uncle Leo did a great job as well and I love the oh. fact that it was a black man who played Leo. Cause I think of that was the uh the guy who was basically in charge of the train the trainees. Um, cause I think like with Leo, I'll be honest and say, like in my head, I'm just not thinking that the two people that are really gonna have the most contact with these girls is going to be a black man and a black woman. <laughs> But it ended up being that way. And I, I, I liked I liked the role that he even played. Because I felt in certain ways he was even more evil than um, uh, the other character. Than Malroni's character. Yeah. Leo was a mother fudger. Yeah. I myself. Like, no emotions. He got no feelings towards this. It's a job to him. And he did his job. His job. But, and he was, but here's the thing. It wasn't like in some of these spy shows and spy movies you just have it so obvious and so where they're just he was he he was smooth about being so diabolical you know it wasn't just over the top it was really like there were moments when you thought okay he has he he is human there are moments when he you know there are moments where you thought okay his humanness or his compassion might be coming through but then you all you realize it's all an act yeah, and everything was a manipulation of the trainees. Every single word that came out of his mouth was to get the end result that he needed to get. He was very manipulative towards the girls. Extremely manipulative towards the girls. But he he was just so amazing at his job. And um, he was he was also quite handsome, I must say. The, the man who played Leo, Anthony Walsh. Uh, Welsh, they did a great job in casting this season. It, it, but that's neither here nor there, me drooling over the bad guy. But um, <laughs> I, I, I kind of hated to see him go. I understood why he had to go, but I hated the, you know, I hated that. And what did you think about um, the woman who actually ends up befriending Hannah? At first, she was the one who I thought was just so cold-blooded but she was the one who was actually just doing a job and not really realizing what she had signed up for um I, I mean I, um, she was there like I think I think she did a good job with the role that she had I think that um it brought some human emotion to the people who were in control of the lives of the girls and um, that you felt her feeling connection as she was writing the stories and she was responding to all of their messages that they were sending. 
Um, it was very, very, very interesting. I do think that I would have liked to see how, um, just like, you know, kind of, you know, through passing or whatever, uh, how the other messages to the other girls, especially the ones who had major scenes in the show, like Jules, like, how did that work out with Jules? Like, what, what, what did she really write about <laughs> when she was writing home? And did she write home, you know? So, and then the other one who was like the clueless girl, I forgot what her name was even. But there was another one who was like the real clueless girl who I was just like, girl, how are you in this program? Because I don't think you're going to survive in the outside world. Um, but I did think well, that she played a significant role in the show too. She did. And, but Jules, Jules seemed to be the most self-aware. Like, Oh, she Jules knew exactly was, what her job was, what she was being um, trained to do. Like she, yes. She knew and exactly she, what her position was in that company. Yeah, and she and she's the one, and from the very beginning, she was like, this is all bullshit. I'm not writing about this. I'm not writing home. There's no one to write to. You know it's not real. She was on her feminist LGBTQ, you know. She was the one who truly seemed like the rebel of the group because she was testing. Because, you know, it, it kind of reminded me of what they said, how the Russians did the Cold War spies, especially the females, how they raised them or trained them to come here, um, get married and have families. And that seemed like that's how they were training these girls was to want to be wives and mothers and have and be sleeper agents. And she was nah, like, I'm not gonna, gonna do my badass on myself. Mm. Yeah, it's like, she wasn't about that life. So Jules never really bought into that. Um, I think the one that made it so scary because she bought into it was Sandy. Oh, um, she, she was psychotic. She was batshit crazy. Like, crazy. Uh, like, it seemed like this whole... And, she, but, and here's the thing. She knew it was fake. But she and was all in, though. She was all, she was all in. in. Like, she lived for writing those letters. And then she went on this whole... What she was, she was supposed to be. Her backstory was she was raised in the Bible Belt in Indiana, so she was all about, you know, religion and forgiveness. And she even mourned when her fake sister died. And I'm like, what in the entire? <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you talking about? You know, you ain't got no sister. And by this time, Hannah had made it back to Utrecht um, to get Clara. And Clara had got sucked in because she wanted the promise of finding her mom. And she and all Clara really wanted was a true sense of family. So I get that they they played on these girls' emotions and the, the thing that they were lacking. Uh, you know, even the most introverted of us want some type of human connection with some people. You know, maybe not everybody, but we want that connection. So they they played on that. But when when Claire was looked at Hannah, she's like, you got you, you know, you got to um, come to the funeral or whatever or the services. And Hannah looked at her like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> <laughs> like, y'all do know this shit is fake, right? <laughs> like, <clears throat> well, they, at least they were there for each other. Right. So at least that's a good thing on. They they formed some type of bonds amongst themselves, amongst their groups even as they knew like what their job was going to be and everything like that. So that, I think that was a good thing that came out of it. Um, yeah. Sandy was like, she was fully psychologically invested in, um, this system. Like when she got mad cause she wasn't chosen for a mission and the girl was like, Oh, we have to go to class. And she was like, fuck class. I was just like, 
Really? Yeah. Like, Damn, okay, yeah. Sammy. Like, yeah, like the one who had bought into it all from the very beginning, like Miss Perfect, like Sandy was the type A mean girl prom queen, like the most popular girl in school who would turn on you in a dime. Like she full on. I it would have been interesting to really see her her psych profile because I know it's it I know it's it sociopath, psychopath, narcissist, like <laughs> It had all of those buzzwords in it because that chick was full on gone. And, um, but I did like seeing how all the girls operated once they did, once they did let them out into the world, actually, even, even if it was to track down Hannah. Um, and, and I, you know, and what happens with her and Clara and just how torn Clara was, but you know, it was growth from the first season because in the first season Hannah would have straight up killed Clara took her out like there would have been no no remorse there would have been no room for forgiveness she she wouldn't have tried to save her she would have straight up killed her and so um but that goes on Hannah always like even in the first season like so she she builds a relationship with at least one person and then that person she's very protective of even when you know, she they, they may not do exactly what she wants them to do or what she needs them to do, right? And so I feel that she had built this bond with Clara and she was like, I'm going to save you no matter what. Whether you want to be saved or not, I am going to save you. And that was her whole mindset, right? She's just like, no, I can't, I can't leave you in this. Not, not at all. Mm-mm, mm-mm. We're going to do this together. <laughs> and, and, it bit her in the ass, but she did it. <laughs> Yeah, and part of it was the when she had this determination to save her, I was so part of me didn't want her to save her. I didn't want anything bad to happen to Claire. Let me clarify that now. But just because, you know, I know how selfish and single minded Hannah could be, I'm like, are you trying to save her to force her back to the force with you? Like, are you trying to save her? to reap more misery on her like what is going to come of you saving her um because hannah had made up her mind that she was going to take down you tracks no matter what so are you going to force her to be a part of that with you and by the end i think clara may have done that but when hannah let her go when hannah really gave her the information and told her where to find her mother and told her the truth i thought that was truly a moment of growth on hannah's part I, yeah, she she, under, she understood what she needed and she gave it to her. Um, and I, I think that was just great. I, I, I really like that. She was just like, you know what? I've been doing this on my own since the beginning. My dad died and yeah, I'm still going to do this and you go do what you need to do. And, and, that, and that's how it ended up. She's like, I'm going to do this one way or another because that's my mission. And yeah. Sarah's mission was find your mom and run away together and make sure that you're never ever ever found yeah and she told her she's like you can't you have to get all new aliases but claire was a badass too don't get me wrong claire was nobody's victim and she was nobody's fool oh um, you don't remember the scene when she kicked sandy's ass <laughs> you know yeah so i you know i i just don't want Ninja people to think that, yeah that we're trying to you know um portray Claire as this hapless, helpless victim because she wasn't. She she could she she could hold her own. So um I do hope 
to see her in season three. And Clara, I, I really love that character. And I love how she humanizes Hannah um, in a way. And she keeps she keeps Hannah sane and she kind of keeps Hannah honest in the sense that Hannah is not so one-sided when Clara is around, you know? Um, she thinks about collateral damage in the end game and all of that. She's not single-mindedly focused on killing everybody in her path, if that makes sense. So <laughs> She gives them a chance? She gives them a chance? She'll give them a chance. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to let you uh, have a chance. I'm supposed to give you an opportunity to do this. But um, so, and I guess I spoiled it when I said that, you know, it has already been renewed for a season three, which is great. Um, it's not one of the many COVID cancellations. It better not be, or Amazon will get a strongly worded written letter from me. A strongly worded written <laughs> <laughs> Yes, you better watch out, Amazon. Um, they will get a strongly worded written letter um, demanding that they uncancel Hannah. So let me knock on wood and not even put that out there in this 2020 verse. Um, but overall, I am looking forward to season three. I really enjoyed the first two seasons. Um, I'm looking forward to Hannah and Marissa. They finally, it seems like they finally reached a point where I'm not going to say there are no more secrets or lies between them because, uh, you know, Marissa is a spy. She's been a spy her whole life. And that just seems to be her go-to. Um, we know she has secrets, but they finally reached a point to where they trust each other and they know they have to work together because Hannah was so, so disappointed when she thought Marissa had betrayed her. And that was kind of what sent her back into U-Tracks. But now they seem to have a, they seem to have be at that point in a relationship where they realize that they need to work together and that they can trust each other to get the job done. And I'm also interested to see how they're going to get um, Delmont Maroney's character uh, John Carmichael to flip on you tracks. That's going to be so. That's interesting. So those are things I'm saving his own that. ass. That's how. <laughs> but it's like, okay, are you more afraid of you chats or are you more afraid of these crazy women who? Like, I honestly, I, I, I don't know because they really crazy together. Like, if Hannah and Marissa are on the same side, like I'd be really scared. I would too. And one thing that we, we, we didn't talk about is he was the one who kind of got the second, the thread of the second season in motion. He was the one who leaked all of this information to his, uh, to his friend who was the ambassador or that government official. Um, and he was trying to get it back. It was like he was having a, he, he was drunk that night. He found out all this information and he just went and he leaked it to the guy. So it was like, he obviously knows at some point. So I would be interested to see what happened between that night and what happened to now, where we are now with him. Like, how was he threatened or what enticed him to change his mind? Or was he, did he just not want to come out because he didn't want anyone to know that he was the one he told? I think it was he didn't want anybody to know that he was the one who, um, who told because he thought mm -hmm. he could get the friend on his side and realize that no, you didn't get him on your on your side. No, he actually betrayed you, just like you betrayed the company that you worked for. Um, and now you got to cover your own skin. That's well, he he knew his friend was an ambassador. He worked for the UN, or he was some type of 
he knew he was the legal defense for the defense department. I forgot what official capacity his job was, but it was some higher up job in the, in the government. So he knew exactly who he was and he knew exactly what he was saying. He knew and he knew he was drunk. So I'm thinking, okay, all of a sudden, because that friend was going to divulge that information, um, it it had more so to do with you just not wanting to people to find but out. But I that thought you- it was on the reason why is because he was trying to get him. He was trying to get him to understand. Yes, he was drunk, but he was trying to get him on his side of wanting to join to join this company right because they have people it's not only there but they have people in power people in powerful positions and i think that even if he was drunk he was drunkenly trying to like talk to his friend about like you know yeah you know this is what we're doing and it's necessary and the friend kind of just listened to him and let him talk and then when he walked away to go talk to that woman and then he started taking pictures of the actual documents and stuff like that like that was the betrayal on he, he didn't even realize that he took pictures of the list that he had showed him I, he, he didn't think that he was gonna you know try to reveal the list he didn't even know that he took a picture of it yeah let's see and i was getting something different like i i get that at first i thought it was a recruitment session i did but then i thought it was Maybe it was the alcohol, but I thought it was just like a drunk, one of those drunken confessions where we said too much to someone we thought we could be able to trust. But given given his friend's position, it was like, why would you, you know? So I I I, I get it, but I don't know. Maybe that maybe I thought the alcohol was turning into tooth serum or something. I guess, but yeah. So we'll see what happens in season three, and um, season three will probably air maybe in 20 late 2021 2022 who knows um at this point but um do look forward to that um so what would you rate hannah overall as a series since we talked about both um um i'd rate hannah as a 3.25 i think that it was um and that's actually really good like i i did really enjoy the series um, I binge watched it when I watched the first season. I binge watched it when I watched the second season. I sat there and just watched. It's only eight episodes, of course, but I sat there and watched the whole thing. So I definitely enjoyed it. And I can't wait for season three to come up because um, I think there's so much more story that can be brought out with the character of Hannah. Like Han- like the character of Hannah, like if they're not done. So I'm excited to see what season three brings out. What about you, Eddie? Um, I will give it a solid 3.75. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, the second season started a little bit slow for me, but it did pick up. Um, my, my favorite season of the two so far is the first season, but I really, really enjoyed the second season. Um, once it, I guess it, after the first couple of episodes, um, I really got into it and I, I really enjoyed it. So, and I am most definitely looking forward to season three. I think there is a lot of story to tell with this series. And um, so far, Amazon and the writers and the, and the team, they're doing a great job with it. So um, that is all for this week's episode of the Popcorn Wine Down. Time flies when you are having so much fun. Um, <laughs> And be sure to join us next week when we review Netflix's Emily in Paris. Until then, I'm Eddie. And I'm...